0: become a teachable moment for people to understand you, how to pick and choose your compatibility, when to assert yourself. This is going to be a great discussion because there are so many people out here who don't really know who they are. Mm-hmm. And we're going to start from the root, as we said, as a continuation from last week, from Child Worry, teaching your kids to be who they are. Because a lot of parents didn't know who they were. Right. You know what I'm saying? So we're going to unpack that. But before first, we're going to read Deshaun's comments. Um, Deshaun has been in here today for real. Thank you so much. Deshaun, yeah, please follow Trené's instruction and, and tap out of the notifications and then come back in and you should get those notifications because he is one great supporter of uh, not only Good Life Russ, but uh, the Uptown Morning Show. Yes. All right. Um, it says... Um, I share that. So a lot of the bombs that you were dropping today, Trine and Deshaun really share those perspectives of of what you were saying. Uh Um, It's not simple math. It's it's very complex. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So first of all, you know, if you follow astrology, if you follow, you know, environmental circumstances and things like that one thing if you ever watch the show i'm old as hell so if you ever watch the show quantum leap or if you ever watch back to the future they always said hey keep your distance because one thing can alter the past and the future one little one little walk around the corner too late or too soon can alter what's going to happen in the future and this is what people's makeup is is one little thing happened And set their path in a different direction One person that they allowed in their life One forcible act of nature Led that person to be exactly who they were as people And I think a lot of times people don't realize That there are 8 billion people in this world They don't realize that we're dealing with 8 billion different personalities Mm -hmm. And we all have different experiences So we also live in a world that makes you weird for being who you are Right. You know what I'm saying right. Oh, You don't act the way the majority acts So therefore you're different, you're weird You're this, that, and the other Let's uncover this 614 754 When you come into this world How do you start to embrace Well first of all let's go back to the parenting How do you cultivate a child Developing into their own personality And, mm-hmm. and, and developing into their own self
1: So I would say the first step is you have to walk in your own self. You have to. A lot of people are trying to educate and they're not validated. You know what I mean? Like they they really, they're not verified. They shouldn't be teaching a lesson because they haven't lived the lesson. They haven't experienced the full lesson. So the first one is you have to walk in your truth. And that one step eliminates so many of the problems down the line. Because a lot of the problems just came from that first lie. Or that first situation you didn't deal with Or that first time you were sad and crying and upset Instead of being present and feeling those feelings You went to sleep Or you went and got drunk Or went and got high Or went and got something to eat Sure You suppressed those feelings Mm -hmm. So children see that They see everything They hear everything They know what's going on in the home Mm So the first step is you have to live that or everything you teach becomes a contradiction. So maybe they pick it up, maybe they don't. But you aren't even a person they should be following. So if they do pick it up, it's no better than if they don't. You dig what I'm saying? Like, damn that they do, damn that they don't. And then the second part is we have to hold these children accountable. Like accountability is really what's going on major in our issue. Like people do not want to be held accountable. And a lot of it is because so many things happen and my ancestors went through this my grandma went through this and i'm tired and i just want life to be handed to me it should be easy now like we didn't did slavery and all this shit. like bad stuff happens to everybody and once that major bad thing happens to you that's when you realize like you said like you could be walking down the street and something happened you could have stayed home and something happened in that spot you would have been walking in like things are going to happen. And as us in this country, we have to be strong. Like that's one thing we have to be for our children our children are not following a lot of our way because we're moving weak. You dig what I'm saying? And life is scary as hell. It's scary for parents, non-parents, everybody. But unfortunately, being black in America as a man or a woman, we don't have the privilege to be fearful. We don't have time to be scared because we have many more dangers as soon as we get through these life ain't safe now we got the next dangers you know what i mean as soon as i gotta worry about somebody coming into my house and i leave i'm like all right cool now i gotta worry about the cops and then if i'm going to work now i gotta worry about my boss <laughs> you know what i mean homies call i gotta worry about it they bringing some bs to my life. like we always have to worry so we have to be strong and a lot of us are getting comfortable we've built these safe lives for us and i feel like that's what the suburbs was symbolic of that's why they let us come into the suburbs Cause remember, initially we weren't allowed to come in towns and certain cities and certain suburbs. Now we—they're putting Section Eight in Reynoldsburg. There's a reason for that, cause they want us to go out there, cause we go out there and get comfortable.
0: But why though? Here's here's the thing, Aaron, is that okay? Growing up in or Second Avenue in Mount Pleasant mm-hmm. in the late '80s, early '90s, being infested with crack, mm-hmm. what you saw was the element of okay, I'm hearing gunshots outside mm-hmm. my door. Oh, I I. I have to take this route to school because these group of boys are going to kick my ass. Um, I'm embarrassed to go to the store because I have food stamps. Okay, great. That's a lot of pain. So out in the suburbs, now that, okay, at 22 years old, I've landed my first corporate job getting $50,000 uh, a year.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't have to feel that pain anymore and neither do my kids. Okay. So, So even though it was a real thing for me, that life, even though... Put it this way, let me let me let me choose my words why why yeah. I mean, and
1: I get where you're going with this I and know. I have something to say. But I get <laughs> I get it and I, and I
0: agree. I get where you're going and I agree. So so therefore, I don't feel wrong for wanting to escape that.
1: And you're not wrong for that. Okay. You know what I mean? You're not wrong, but I think uh this is why I love life, because it just came in full circle. And I think you literally just made your point that you made a while ago. Okay. You said I don't think people realize there's billions of people in the world. So to the point that you have, we've already experienced that we've already been discriminated against that way that's actually been happening since the 60s and 70s the 80s coming into the 90s which was the rise of us starting to move out into the suburbs mm-hmm. so what was happening now is you had a bunch of black people who made it out the hood and they were moving into the suburbs just to get out there and say um other black-minded people who have the same mindset as you like I just want better. I just want out of my situation. They weren't allowing those black people to move into these suburbs. They were saying, no, those are the ones doing the crack, selling the drugs, doing. So it's, I get your point that you're making, but I feel like you're not scoping out the whole city, the whole state, the whole country. Like, there's black areas that have no crime, there's black areas that are prosperous. That's not technically the suburbs. There's black areas that don't, they don't want the same thing you don't want. You know what I mean? But again, it's not technically a suburb. But this is still a black area. Look at the north side of Columbus. There's hella black areas. Like mm-hmm. those people get ragged on by the street niggas. Like this ain't the hood. They the hood niggas tell them, yo, y'all don't live in the hood. Y'all live in a nice area, and that's right. the city of Columbus. Don't consider that a suburb. Soon as you cross over, start crossing over High Street and all that Worthington, and that's the suburb. But soon as you cross over Worthington, those is nice. Those is decent area. You you're not gonna run into a lot of crime and carjackings and shit happen everywhere. So now we're feeding into propaganda when we move like that, when we're saying like, okay, me moving out the hood, the only way else I can go is the suburbs. There's hell of other places you can go. And it may not be your dream home. It may not be where you're going to live the rest of your life. But this is a step away from what you're looking for. And sometimes we got to do baby steps. When we're trying to heal, we're trying to take giant leaps. Like, I just don't want to be going through this no more. Life, you took years to put yourself in this position. It's going to take you years to get yourself out of this position. You dig what I'm saying? So, so,
0: so, so, let me, let me, let me pick that. Yeah, back. go this ahead, go ahead. yeah, yeah, I like this. Man, because, okay, so... With the with with uh, I already shared this with you guys before. Uh, mm-hmm. With me and my three brothers being abducted, mm-hmm. um, we d- we didn't have the same mom, but our moms were just doing God knows what, and we had to both go with our respective grandmothers. Now, um, my brother's grandmother lived on Oakwood, and we know that Oakwood was not the most favorable at the time before it was gentrified. Right, it was a very dangerous war zone. You know what I'm saying, but. My grandmother, when she applied for Section Eight, the very first place she was approved for, for was Windsor Terrace. Yeah, and she said, "Oh no, <laughs> we will, we have to wait a little bit because we can't." She she already knew what Windsor Terrace was, what was happening. Yeah, um, and we waited to uh, go to Ivywood Apartments, which was. Uh, uh, north of, of, of Morris Road. Mm-hmm. Now, everybody knows that Ivywood apartment sits right outside of Forest Park, which was at, in the 80s was a great suburb. Yeah, I ended up living there. I ended yeah. up buying a house there later. Um, and, and, and we're going through. That was the change for me from that mm. particular decision. Because on my way to school, I had to cut through the suburbs. So I've seen the beautiful houses. I've seen the beautiful cars. So therefore, at 11 years old, I said, that's what I want to be because yeah. that's what was programmed to me. It's like, yeah. okay, now people didn't realize that Ivywood Apartments was a Section 8 apartment complex in the suburbs. But because of the exposure and experience, it gave me a different mindset. Considering my brothers was on Oakwood and that, all you've seen around them was crime in the city, they adapted to that. So this is why I'm saying one little decision can yeah. shape
1: and why would you think they would do that? Just off, just guessing. Why would you think they would put Section 8 in a suburb? I don't know. Think so. I'm going to let you go. But think about slavery. Think about the Uncle Toms, the Uncle Remuses. Like, they were slaves at one point in time. Mm-hmm. So they had to start vetting the slaves to see which ones weren't fit to be slaves, which means they went, they were basically going to work for us. So they were still living in slavery, but they didn't think they were a slave anymore because now you get to work in the house and you get to tell them what to do. So they had to get you just close enough to life to see how you would react. And if your eyes was all dazzling and shit, they're like, all right, we got one. But <laughs> if you was just like, nah, this is some bullshit. Oh, he probably a black So or something. Get him Put him back in the pen. You know what I mean? But Go
2: ahead. That's a million. Right, because I, I was. I mean, I felt that because I was just going to say that because I feel like, you know, the hood is a challenge. Mm-hmm. You know, the hood is a it's way a of test. activation. You feel what I'm saying? And when you go to the suburb, that's pretty much a vision saying, like, oh, this is it. This is what this it is. This is what you, you know, could have. All you, exactly. You feel what I'm saying? This is the highest of all highs. You feel me? This is what everybody should want. You feel what I'm saying? So it brings them to just this limitation. Like, okay, yeah, I'm here. And then once they get here, they get comfortable, just like how you said. You feel me? There's nothing else to do, you know what I'm saying, because we're already here, you know right. what I'm saying, so all we're doing is, you know, we're in the house, on the computer, da-da-da, we're lazy, fat, just got money, you know, we just in here, but in the hood, it's a challenge every day, you feel me, and that's the type of activation to the body, so it's like we trying to get out of here, we trying to get to other empires, you feel me, it's like we don't have no limits, then we just hustle, 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 it's not no sit still, I'm not about to be here, I'm not about to be comfortable right here, you know what, mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So that activation is what they're trying to take out. You feel me? It's mm-hmm. what they're trying to program you to, to where, oh, we right down the street. This is really what you want. You know, it ain't that hard. It's just right here. You feel me? This is paradise. But really, that's a way of programming because in that programming, it's a way of structure. Like, you right. know, you got to do everything's by according to time. You know, mm-hmm. you got to go to work. You got to be here. Everybody go home. Da, 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 da. So it's a, a regimen that's been built for you that's looking like paradise. You feel yeah. what I'm saying?
0: But as Tim said, it gave me a different complex. It mm-hmm. is. Because now Forest Park is now a progressive place for progressive blacks. Mm-hmm. So as I'm going through the hood and I'm making friends because we're all on our way to school together, now they invite me over to their house. So now mm-hmm. I go over to Jomo house yeah. and now he has a VCR in his room. You know what I'm saying? He has all these things. He has a Nintendo, you know what I'm saying, gaming system in his room and I, I go home back to my Section 8 housing. Hey, can I get... Well, you know, good. And well, I can't afford, you know what, yeah. what I'm saying? So now I have a different complex because... In the hood, we all lacking, and the only way that you got that PlayStation is if your mom stole it or by any other means. But now, all these other guys that I'm befriending, why do they have two parent households? Mm. Why do they have cars in the you know what I'm saying in the driveway? And I got to go to this Section Eight housing in the suburbs. So now it teaches that other
2: thing that you were talking about. Yeah, right, but yeah. then it goes into also, you know, when you really dig deep, like the ones who we were looking up to back in the day, a lot of them become being fucked up. Like, oh shit, you know, oh, Ooh, we thought, to we thought that. Pops was good. You, feel yeah. me? you know, he had three wives and a few dead bodies in the backyard. Exactly. So it's like, let's be for real. We had the truth in our face, our face in the hood. Mm-hmm. But when you go out to the suburbs, you got that program you kind of Distracted, but by, by what's really going on, your mm. next their neighbor is a molester. You feel mm. me? But he's so hey, how you yeah, doing? You feel yeah. me? But you gotta dig in deep into details who these mofos is. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? People don't do that because it's so comfortable, mm, it just right. looks so good. But we got truth all day in the hood,
1: mm. exactly. And that, and it's always two sides to it, you know what I mean? That's how we got like uh, the spook who sat by the door, that's how we got behind enemy lines. So, a lot of times, what's happening in these situations, why it doesn't work for them is because. If you went through that much to make it out the hood and even won a different type of life different, anything else you're going to experience probably won't, you know, damage you too much because you've already went through the ringer. You dig what I'm saying? So that's this is how they get it. This is how the programming works. They start making you question if you're conforming or not you dig what i'm saying they start making you question who what sides you're on mm-hmm. but the people that they want they don't want the people like you they don't want the people who have a past and been through things and you've learned and healed through things mm-hmm. they want the people who are privileged who's never really went through much like you said two pair households parents together they don't see them argue and fight much they haven't had so much toxic stuff happen on their life. They, sure. Biggest thing was Graham Graham passing away, you know what I mean, from natural causes. Like yeah. They haven't really had a lot of tragedies. That's who they want, because then that mind can be molded. But when your mind is already broken, it can't be molded. It can only be rebuilt. You dig what I'm saying? So sometimes we have to go experience some things. Like I lived in the suburbs. I lived in the suburbs when I was a little bit older. I was uh, probably like 19. That was the first time I lived in the suburbs, and it was a culture shock, because... I was one of the youngest ones out there. You know what I mean? And I'm just progressive in my job. Any job I come into, like, I'm trying to get some bread. I'm trying to move up. So I'm going to make money and I'm going to live in a decent area that's close to my job. You know what I mean? I had little kids at that time. So I'm getting my kids out this environment. Mm -hmm. I don't want people just popping up in my house. I don't want to hear gunshots (laughs) and that shit. You know, I don't want to bring them up in that. Mm -hmm. You feel me? So when I got out to the suburbs, it was no different. Now everybody out there treating me like a drug dealer. Every time I have parties, they was calling the cops. Cops knock on the door, like yo, this it's kind of loud and like we having a barbecue. Like, what's but well, how you gonna be quiet at a barbecue, sir? <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and they do part little weird parties all the time, but I don't say shit. Right? right, right. Me? So it doesn't matter where you go, there's gonna be something. That's why we just have to move with intention. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. all we can do.
0: To Aaron's point,
1: uh-huh,
0: it wasn't until later. That I found out in those two parent households, dad was cheating. Yeah, yeah, they' messy. (laughs) (laughs) They look good too. Later, that I found out dad was frustrated from being on that corporate job and going home and taking it out on the family. It wasn't until later that I didn't realize that, like she she said, you have the appearance of privilege, but those kids are troubled in a different way, and this Mm -hmm. is why they grow up, and this is why you saw start seeing black suicide, and you start seeing all this stuff because those black kids were around in the environment of how white people dealt with their problems yeah. so they took on those white problems and those white solutions like sweep it under theyself, the rug kill them, like,
1: cause they got like, years worth of problems they sweep under the rug and then you gotta think each of your kids are different emotionally mm-hmm. so you got some kids like oh dad's cheating that's awesome and you got other kids like my parents are gonna get a divorce you know what <laughs> I mean like so they got these situations that's not funny. I'm sorry <laughs> I mean it's like it, it, it's funny cause it's real it's reality you know What I mean? And I think that's what lightens things up when we can laugh about it. Like, Mm -hmm. let's really put that on the spectrum. Like, comedians are some of they went through the worst shit ever to anybody. Mm -hmm. So if they can laugh about that's the point. If they can laugh about this, right, you can laugh about your shit.
2: (laughs) Now
0: that you say that, Eddie Murphy grew up in a two-parent household in the Brooklyn suburbs, but Eddie was that was a me and Charlie Murphy was hood exactly you know? <laughs> exactly
1: Bernie Mac all them Red Fox them was my favorite ones yeah. Richard Pryor was raised with prostitutes like yeah. them is my favorite yeah. and it's because they're being real it's because so much stuff has happened to them and it hasn't allowed them to break them and they found the humor in it. That's what makes them so great at what they do. They're good at healing. Right. right. That's why they, so many people get around them and they're just like, man, you can feel their energy is coming off them. Michael Jackson, so many people get around him. like, man, he was a great guy. He was just so sweet. Like, And then you hear how Joe did his ass. Listen yeah. to what he had to go through. Yeah.
0: And, and, and and most people are like, what heart. are you complaining about? <laughs> because Joe developed you to be the top musical family, still talked about to this day, but all them kids was He never gave up. y'all a choice. Yeah. Y'all
1: yeah. had what y'all became, that's all he seen y'all as become. Y'all became machines.
0: Yeah. I wanted to clarify something for for my significant other. I I am playing. Uh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The number is 614-754-9881. But Sorry. both him and her they know uh uh Deshawn as well. They know this show is on fire. So she usually yeah. gives out the number 614-754. Nine eight eight one. Shout out to
1: her for the support. Yeah, that's my rip. goodness. Yeah,
0: Someday some days it'd be only one person on this yeah, yeah be And her, people you know don't get their flowers enough. Like, yeah, us, yeah, she, kudos. Drop a bomb oh, for yeah, today for always mm-hmm. being on time with the with the comments and everything like that. Um but as we were saying, this causes now you to develop who you are as a person. You have what you have within your DNA, but then you have all these experiences that you grow up with, which produces the trauma, the triggers, and things of that nature. Yeah. So, again, it reflects how you raise your kids, how you deal with your spouse, how you deal with people on the job. And we. This, I think if we really took a step back and said, let me try to empathize. Because not everybody's going to tell you their story. Not everybody, you're going right. to know their story. Right. But how can we... Learn to empathize with um, people and, 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 and embrace that this person is just different, this person is just a bunch of experiences, and this is how they deal with it.
1: Yeah, I think, um, and I'm a little completely left with this because okay. I've been feeling like this for a while now. Actually, I think, um, there's hella gaslighting going on, and I think people are amazing, especially from what I've experienced like 10 years ago today. People are amazing with empathy and sympathy. The issue is. There's all of these things we shouldn't be sympathetic empathetic of. People are too sensitive. People mm-hmm. want us to care about too much that we shouldn't be caring about. Mm-hmm. If what I'm saying is affecting your well-being, your harm your family, absolutely tell me to shut up. Mm-hmm. You know, if what I'm saying hurts your feelings, I mean, you'll get over that. Like you be alright. <laughs> you feel me like I'm not about to stop what I'm saying? Because it's hurting somebody's feelings. Because you could just turn off my message. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and and I'm not going to try to understand somebody who's not trying to understand me. Right. So, in in this day and age, we're great at what we're doing. I think people should keep progressing and doing the things we're doing. I hear a lot more people saying, you know what? I put my foot down in a relationship. I said, if this is how it's going to go, I'm leaving. And they've never been that type of person. That's being empathetic and sympathetic sometimes that maybe this person just needs to be alone. Maybe I'm crowding your space. I'm trying to love you too much.
0: No, no, no. You dig? It's a lot of
1: gaslight going on. For real.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we had to do the rewind because the reason why we had to do the rewind is what you said before. At the first sign of trouble, this is where we are as a society. At the first sign of disagreement, we are ready to pack up. And I don't care if it's a job. Yeah. Somebody be like, the first time this job pissed me off, I'm leaving. Yeah. The first time this person says the wrong thing to me, I'm out. The first time. This... Why is this the solution to everything instead of working through it? Because, you know, we live in a society that everything is supposed to feel good. Yeah, Everything is supposed to be compatible. Everything is supposed to. And that is impossible in a world of 8 billion people. Exactly. So so where do we get this thing like, people aren't disposable, and people are, you know... Yeah. If, if, I mean, there was this one song that's, that said, okay, I do I was watching Poetic Justice. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this is, she's saying this in 93. She like, baby, if that man ain't doing you right, throw him away and get you another one. I'm yeah. like, yo, people aren't disposable <laughs> like that. And you're really <laughs> damaging your own karma and universe by having yes. that mentality.
1: Potentially. But I also think... um uh, kind of more to the point I was saying, I also think a lot of these friendships and relationships are superficial. They're not real to begin with. Mm. So that's why people are getting rid of them because they're starting to understand this isn't real. Mm-hmm. We're only friends because we were friends in kindergarten. We're 53. So it's like we, <laughs> we don't got no other reasons we should be friends in 53 years. It's time to let you. And a lot of people are coming into their awakening. Again, that's what we mean. When we say the veil is lifted. That means basically in layman's terms, you can't hide behind nothing. We playing hide and seek and there ain't no trees and mailboxes and cars. Where you going to hide? You got to outrun this. motherfucker, <laughs> like Or you just got to accept it. Get tagged and then now we playing the game. But you can't be a part of the game and still try to hide and try to blend in and camouflage. Like, everything is being exposed. Every single thing. Everything you said. I know what you did last summer. Like, everything yeah. you said. did when you wore that little black face as a joke at 17 is being exposed. Wow. Everything is out there. So, that's the best time for us. Now we have to just completely be real with each other. But like you said, it's not, it's not practical. Like the best relationships are natural. They don't expect anything out of each other. They don't have guides or rules. Thursdays we have sex, Friday we go out, you know what I mean? It's, they go with the flow. They actually live the relationship and that's the, a lot of us don't live like that. That's what's happening. That's why we're addicted to that stimulation because most people's life is work. Most people's life is hard work. And it, the only context they have from slavery is the work part. So now they think they're in slavery already just because they all, they work all day for little pay, for no time off, to a boss that's talking shit to me all the time. You know what I mean? So I think sometimes even when people are throwing shit away like that, they're still just reacting. Like, I'm not a reactive person. I'm proactive. I like to already have a plan. Even if I got to throw the plan out and get a new plan, I already kind of knew what I was coming. As a kid, I used to have conversations with myself. Like when I had a bully, I would play me and him with a conversation for an hour. Like what I'm about to say to this motherfucker tomorrow, and your shoes and your mama and everything. You dig what I'm saying? Like that's being present. That's thinking. That's me being in that upset and not. I'm gonna just sleep it off and it'll be fixed tomorrow. And like, let's come up with a solution because I'm about to keep feeling like this.
0: Okay, okay, let's, okay, let's, let's take that same scenario. Yeah. Okay, you walk into a school, right? And you buy your shoes according to your mom's pay grade or whatever. Right. whatever. But you're cool with them. Like, all right, I'll take these, you know what I'm saying, Nike Air Force Ones, you know what I'm saying, right. or, or whatever. Um, and I guess this guy is used to wearing Jordans, right? Yeah. And so he walks up to you like, okay, I see you got them plain white on. You know what I'm saying? Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. But he's just like, this is his lifestyle, so he, he, he just looking at you like, okay, I, w- w- what are those? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now he don't mean no harm by it. he just being yeah, who he it is. It could go either way. But you, I mean, can, yeah. you thinking as personal, like, yeah. oh this motherfucker, is <laughs> coming for me, and you ain't better than me. Yeah. But now you inside of your head said, oh this motherfucker insulted me. Yeah. And he just like, yo, I'm just creating, di- I'm just creating dialogue. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, what you got on? <laughs> and so now you got two people from different. Viewpoints, but then, like you said, you practicing all night. I'm gonna send this yeah. motherfucker when I see him tomorrow, and you getting this verbal vom—he's getting this verbal vomit. Like, damn, bro, what's-
1: yeah.
0: how did that happen? You know <laughs> what I'm saying? <laughs> so, neither one of them is wrong.
1: Right, right, because there is no right and wrong, and what you've saying has happened—definitely happened to me <laughs> several times, yeah. and what you've saying has happened to my children. So I can speak for myself and as what I told my kids in that situation, and um. Chris Rock said something very important when I was younger and he said if you uh if you're gonna be social and you don't have money, you better be funny like you better be funny yeah so wow for me as a kid, I was in them situations but too I just didn't I didn't care about clothes and all that I would wear the light up shoes I didn't give a shit you know what I mean like I was going to Muhammad and getting the fake forces and Jays. Like, I didn't care. You know what I mean? Cause I just wanted what I wanted. Yeah. So when I got to school, like that that definitely starts happening at first because kids notice everything.
0: Everything. They <laughs> <laughs> no, even snap on a dog. Like, Why wow, right, he, he wearing that- a purse? And I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> shut
1: up. Yeah, shut okay. up. That's uh, so when you got
0: that Martin Luther King Threes. Oh yeah, they
1: oh. noticed But that was but I already, but but you know, thankfully, I was already exposed to that. Yeah Cause, yeah. Cause like I told you, like I grew up with autism, so like kids already noticed I was different. Uh, they noticed everything I did different. Okay. Like, so that kind of became my conf- confirmation. Like when I was a kid, that was me conforming. Wow. I had to start learning to talk a certain way and walk a certain way, mm-hmm. even hold a pencil a certain way. Like everything. You dig what I'm saying? Bookmark.
0: Okay. Yeah. This is perfect. Yeah, yeah. This is perfect. <laughs> so. What part of that became Tim's authentic self? Mm-hmm. And what part of that became the manufactured, Tim? Yeah. And, and and just because you manufacture an alter ego, is that healthy or unhealthy?
1: Um, I think it's very healthy. Um, like, So life to me is about compartmentalizing and moderation. Like, I wouldn't say doing anything is a bad thing. Doing too much of it is a bad thing. Doing too little of it is a bad thing. You dig what I'm saying? So we can do all things through moderation that we want to do and there's some shit we just never want to do i never want to put nothing up my nose i never want to bungee jump you dig i I don't care to do those things so there's things too we're allowed to not feel anything about so we first got to start there people got to assess things you care nothing about and stop caring about them stop talking about them stop getting upset about them stop being in rooms where that's going on separate detach from that shit because it's not of you you dig it won't serve you at all so now the second part is is learning to listen to ourselves when we're speaking, when we're acting, and, and watching ourselves. You dig what I'm saying? So when I was a child, when I first started to experience when I was different, it was who was in the room. When I was with my close friends, my nerds, I because I was a nerd growing up. And then I became popular. Yeah, And then I lost my nerd friends because I was too popular. I was doing too much popular shit. And yeah. they're just like, bro, you've changed. And I'm like, all of this is me, bro. I do art, hoop, draw. I like women. All of this, you don't try to make me... Because this is the problem I have with the popular kids. You're trying to make me one thing. I'm 10 things. So once you see me as 10 things, we can be friends. But even if you're choosing to see me as 8, I can't trust you. You dig? Because, both,
0: <laughs> because here, here the reason why, and I've learned out later, is... Two things that were happening during that dynamic because I had the chess club friends. Yeah, same. I had my Pokemon friends. I had the literature (laughs) friends. I had the gifted and talented (laughs) friends. And as long as I was being treated as an outcast, then I was accepted amongst them. Yes. The minute that I developed a wicked jump shot and I could have a dope crossover, hey, Lane, Lane's on my team now. Or you know what I'm saying? Or the minute that I got money and was able to afford shoes, now I can sit at those tables at lunchtime. So now, the two dynamics that was going on with the chess club members was oh now you think you're one of them Yeah. so that pain is now you're going to turn into one of them and if you if if you hang out with us the same thing that they're inflicting upon us you're yeah. also going to inflict
1: upon which us which was the irony because that's what, how they were coming to me like you're going to get over there and start riffing us and telling jokes I, I do that now nah, I know but it's different it's no, no 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 I do that now. I do that with every, you ain't special. I do that with everybody. <laughs> so they were, they had to force to me to see their side. And that's literally what I was trying to tell them the other side was doing. But that's where your uniqueness come in. That's where the isolation comes in because no one's going to see your side. When you're walking in your purpose, when you're walking in your path and in your faith, how, whatever that looks like, no one's going to under, they're not supposed to understand where you're coming from. So I learned a humbling lesson, you know what I mean? And that went both ways for me. Um, mm-hmm. And I tell my kids all these stories. I've had f i have had I had a group of friends that that happened to me in college. And um we was lit. We would work on our projects, do our things together, but you know, my party friends start coming along. I start meeting them. They we going to parties, we going out of town. That's a different type of vibe. Right, you right, right, so I start blowing them off. And these are friends that later I realized like, okay, I handled this the wrong way. So I try to come back, apologize, rekindle that friendships, like they wanted nothing to do with me. You know what I mean? Sure. And Damn, even on the back end, I respected them for that shit. Cause I wouldn't have fucked with y'all either if this had played out. So I was upset because I didn't get what I want, but I respected I got what I needed. I got a lesson. And it's, you know what I mean? You can't just treat people any which kind of way. People are not like you said, people are not disposable. These are human beings. You know what I mean? They have feelings, they have emotions, and they have uh they want reciprocation. And these were good people in my life. But at that time in my life I was toxic. Like and I had already decided I was. I just lost my son and my uncle, you know what I mean? I was like my dad, like, so I was, that's being present. I was depressed and I was like, I'm about to be depressed and I'm about to just be in this and feel this because something that's been happening to my life got me to this point. And there's something here that I can see that's going to help me move forward. So the things that got me to that point in my life was my decisions that I was making. And I was making so many decisions reactive. I'm deciding what I'm going to eat that day instead of planning it out for the week. I'm just going with these people like, oh, yeah, let's go do that. And now they end up robbing it in a store. And I'm just like, well, how the fuck did I get in the car? <laughs> you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. And then what I needed to take from this was detachment. And us as people, we can't be that attached to something that we allow it to destroy us and break us when we lose it. You know what I mean? And that doesn't mean you doesn't you don't love this thing. That means you love yourself. And I was too wrapped up in the idea of being a father, too wrapped up in the idea of being a son. So when I lost those things and realized it, like it destroyed me. You know what I mean? Like I didn't want to. I didn't have no vision of the future. I didn't have no vision of two months out or what I'm be doing next year. I was just going through the motions. You know what I mean? Your homie set you up. Let's go to the mall. Fuck it. Let's go to the mall. We going to the mall today. You know what I mean? So I took my life back when that thing happened. That's what kind of broke me out of the programming because we all in the programming in one way or another you know what I mean? And the goal is to break out and think for yourself and want to think for yourself and make these choices. So all of those things that I regretted in the moment, in retrospect, when I got older, I needed them to happen because I had all these things over here that being bullied and shit that I wasn't dealing with. So once I dealt with the bully, it dealt with all these five things. It gave me my courage. It gave me my confidence. It gave me my directness,
0: my voice. So I was like, I should have been stood up for myself. Hold up. <laughs> so so, so let's, let's put a bookmark in here because he's now yeah. on tab three. We're on tab three. Tab three is defense mechanisms, boundaries, and survival mode. Okay, so we're on tab three now mm-hmm. of, of what makes us who we are. Okay, so now that we're on defense mechanisms, boundaries, and survival mode, these are protective things that protect the vulnerable person inside of us. So it's unhealthy in a way when it becomes abrasive to people, I feel. But it's necessary because a person comes to a point where it's like, I'm tired of being dumped on. I'm tired of this pain that is being inflicted upon me from society or the popular groups or whatever is causing my esteem to go down. Mm -hmm. So they start to develop these alter egos. They start Mm -hmm. to develop their personality traits that become, like, you say one wrong thing to them, boom, or they'll, they'll, they'll be on you
1: yeah,
0: like a spider monkey, or they'll shut down, like we said before, completely remove themselves from the f- situation. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So what part of these developments of the defense mechanisms and the survival mode is healthy, and what part of it is not healthy? And, Aaron, feel free to jump in. Yeah, yes. yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah.
2: Because I believe all of that is um, building your self-worth. You know what I'm saying? Um, that's definitely something, like you said, like um, something like that's protection. You know what I'm saying? So it kind of is built on with your intuition also. You know what I mean? So you're kind of riding with that. You know what I mean? So when your boundaries and, your, ba- and you know, your limitations and you taking yourself out of certain situations, I think that's being so full. You know what I'm saying? It's the way you're looking at it. You know what I mean? Half empty, half full. So, you know, just personal experience. I know it's not very fine, But, you know, yeah, I take my place I, myself out of certain places because Either I can, you know, be a hurricane in that motherfucker just because I know some enemies in there or it's just like, you know, I don't want to be that one to bring that mood over there. So I'm going to just go ahead and go. You know what I mean? And then if, you know, if it's time later on, we'll come together then. But it's like, it's being subtle because I don't want to be that issue. I don't know how it's going to rock. I don't know how it's going to go. So it's just like, let me know who's there. You know, it's just how I'm placing my energy. You know, how I'm rocking with my energy. Because if I go to a certain place, I don't want to keep having to recharge myself, having to put this guard up, having to keep watching my back and stuff like that. So I'm being subtle for everybody. Not just for myself. So I feel like that is building your self-worth off of your experience you know what i mean and it can be bad to others because it may be just that one day you may have actually stepped on his toe after that person had been through hell and back you know what i mean so right. it may just be wrong timing but i do think that's being cell phone doing yourself which is why i feel like a lot of people should do but a lot of people don't so regardless
0: of if your defense mechanism or the thing that you build around you to protect you is abrasive or not you shouldn't care
1: yeah i i don't think you should because the issue that's happening, again, this is feeding into a lot of sensitivity. Um, a lot of people are trying to be educators and healers, and they're not. So they're trying to help and assess the situation where you have no idea what's going on in this situation. Right. So let me give you an example. Let's say I'm a coach, and my students are running laps around the gym, and they're dragging. they barely moving. You just walk in the gym. You've never been in practice. So you see me yelling at them to run further, and your mind's just like, yo, they've probably been running for an hour. Coach, like... Why are you yelling at these kids like this? And I'm like, this is lap one. Like, right. we, we just started. <laughs> like, this, this is not okay. You dig what I'm saying? Right. So the issue is we're trying to speak up in situations we know. We have no idea what's going on. So when I respond to that, you're just going to seem aggressive. Yeah, I'm going to seem like I'm being mean. Because mm-hmm. it's just, I'm telling you, you don't know what you're talking about. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you don't have all the facts to even be trying to. And that's our issue. How we know so much other people's life, but we ain't got our own life figured out. That's my fucking problem. Like, that's why I don't like people telling me shit. Because, cool, <laughs> tell yourself that shit. You know what I mean? Like, apply that to your own. How are you trying to help me with something you ain't even helped you with? <laughs> like, <laughs> one today. what
0: are
1: we talking about? She you know what I mean?
0: One. Somebody shared that. Uh, somebody shared that uh, in their post timeline. It was like last week. It was like. There's so many judgmental people on this online. Oh here. my goodness! And, they ain't got their own shit. and let's look yeah, at your shit. You know what <laughs> mean? I mean? The 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 ones I have
1: to defend with this the most, and it's just logic. Is the celebrities. Y'all be so hard on these celebrities. Like, let's put your life on CNN. Let's no. put a magnifying <laughs> glass up to your last re- five relationships. Let's see how the world feel about that. <laughs> you will look like little boosie out here. Could it yeah. out,
2: man. And that's why people don't want to come out because we about to be calling people out. Yeah, the veil out lifted. Like, I'm Everybody not be your problem because you hang around banana f- flu, flu, gazy mofos that always want to have like they gotta teach somebody. Like, bro, you teach me something that I probably told you like ten years exactly. ago. Now you wanna come out here act like you wanna talk shit. Brett, (laughs) shut the fuck up. that's what we got right now It's the one these that because too many know-it-alls exactly like bro you actually just talking you really not acting nothing that you're talking about but mm-hmm. your account don't show shit your mouth or what you when you come face to face with people you ain't talking shit you stuttering but you, when you on that live you probably got that shit written down or whatever you talking <laughs> mad shit but face to face you're not saying nothing. twitter fingers like that shit because this, this, this,
1: this is what we need as people you know what i mean like and I can advocate for this because I've come down the line from this. You know what I mean? My father's mother was a Tuskegee Airman, two tours. My mm-hmm. mother was a, a fucking Navy, bro like she was moving around military. Like I grew up in tough love. All my mentors, all my coaches, tough love. Mm-hmm. They going to tell you the shit you don't want to hear. So in the time... Yeah, it pissed me off. Yeah, yeah, I cried into my pillow. I'm going to beat this big A. He's 6'8". Like, yeah. you ain't about to beat nothing. Shut up, kid. You going to run them laps. <laughs> but when I got older, I needed that. Yeah, I'm getting into situations to where that's where I. That's where we need the validation. And the issue is social media gives too much validation. So now we're not seeking it in the places we need it in from our children, from our spouses. You know what I mean? And that's where I was getting that validation. I was meeting new people and meeting new friends and new business shit. And they're just like... You know how to communicate. You know, you know, you well handled. I haven't dated a lot of people who could, you know, say like you hurt my feelings and really try to talk it. And then we can go have dinner or something. We ain't got to keep talking about this for a week because once I talk about it, it's over. You know, yeah. I'm done. Once we got, because I just want a solution. I don't want it to be mine or yours or right or wrong or I just want a solution so then we can move on with our life. Like mm. life is about living and moving forward. Right. That's what death taught me. That's what loss taught me. And death is a free teacher we have to pay attention to death we have to pay attention to grief that's, that's free you know what i mean and it's right there right. and it's you so we're learning with ourselves we're becoming a union with ourselves and a lot of people are disjointed they got the angel and the devil on their shoulders that's a divided person right. everything i do is on the same even if two parts of myself don't agree this is what we are doing because my higher authority said this is what we so everybody needs to fall in line you dig what I'm saying?
0: So, so okay, and, and and my sister from Houston is on a check in right now. Thank what's you so up, much sister? What's what up, Jessica? And <laughs> I kind of I kind of want to take this moment as a teachable moment for myself to apologize oh, because, um, last week I had said something in in reference to, uh, women being manipulative and emotionally, uh, you know, manipulative. Yeah. And and she had said, "Bro, not all women are like." You know what I'm saying, sure. and, I, and, I, and I totally got it. Sure. I totally got it, and then I responded by saying, "Do you know who my father is? We have the same time. Yeah. <laughs> of course you. <she> <laughs> you know who my father is. And 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 this is the ideology that he raised me up to be like, man, don't fall for it. He said, "Women of yeah. this, women of that." And then there's... I mean, And that's one scenario. Then you have another woman who saw her mom being manipulated by men or being greedy and this, that, and the other. So she grows up with this mentality, like, always be on the defensive of niggas. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So therefore, you have a, a man like me who was raised by his father who says, you know what I'm saying, women are always trying to get over emotionally and, you know what I'm saying, always this, that, and the other. And now, this is how I deal with women as I as I get older. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So when I say unlearn. We have to start unlearning because this is the combative nature that we see online all day. Women are this, men mm-hmm. are that, this, that, and the other. So, by me saying that and having that that ideology, that offended my sister. Like, yeah, yo,
1: but you know, and respectfully, that's her right to be offended, but that's her problem as well. And. So, the reason we use symbolism, the reason I believe in duality, which is everything has a good and bad, is because some of these things we don't need to u- unlearn. We need to overstand. You mm. dig what I'm saying? Women are fucking sneaky. Like, but how your mind is set up is how you're going to deem that. Is Either you're going to take that as a good or bad, or even if you can see the good or bad. You dig what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But how I look at everything in the positive I look at everything in the progressive How things will work for me Women are the most Black women are the most educated people in this country Man, So women are sneaky We're sneaking them into these colleges to get the information Because women can go into rooms we can't go into We're sneaking them into these jobs To learn how this job works So she can come over here and help me run my business And we build our shit up They are sneaky This is what, how these things were designed But this is the programming. They're trying to use our own words against us. They're trying to turn manifestation into prayer. And yeah, it's the same thing, but it really ain't Mm -hmm. either. You know what I mean? So a person who don't know, it would seem like
0: the same thing, but it's not. Let's let's break that down. I mean, just a sidebar. Yeah. Prayer is the asking of. Yes. And and it's basically not empowering you at all. At all. Mm
1: -hmm. You're just asking for something. You're You're
0: asking. Manifestation is, this is going to happen. You're making it. And it's it's because
1: you're making it happen. See, that's manifestation works because of the knowing i don't understand or comprehend or actually physically know what i'm going to put out next summer but i know something's coming out next summer because i know myself i know i'm going to do the steps it takes to make something come out that's manifestation and i'm going to do that because every day it's on the dry erase board it's on my vision board it's in my it's on my fucking Back's dropping my phone. I'm seeing it everywhere I go. It's on the clothes I wear. That's manifestation. Right. Prayer is just asking for some shit. Manifestation is asking and then putting the work for it to get it. And then once you don't get it, accepting it, you didn't put in the work to get it. Right,
0: right, right. Now, (laughs) Jessica said, I'm not going to touch the sneaky comment. But okay. (laughs) But But, but, but let's let's, let's take... This and and pick it apart, Jessica, because I don't run away from conversations. Yeah, yeah. Anybody, my significant other, knows that I just don't run away from. We we can't we can't get to anywhere if we don't talk. Right. We have to talk. Mm -hmm. So let's go back a little bit as, as far as women, sometimes, especially even back in slavery, they had to be a little bit sneaky or conniving. Yes. Because there was an element. Okay, naturally. Okay, Griselda Blanco. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's, let's bring up Griselda Blanco. One of the big dogs. <laughs> Murderer. Yeah. But was untouchable for years because she was a woman. Nobody could yeah. fathom that she was putting together this whole thing, Harriet Tubman, under the radar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because she was a woman. Mm-hmm. And women understanding this, that they're constantly being underestimated, yep. but they are the biggest receptors of information. Mm-hmm. This is why beauty shops. Mm-hmm. Have more. If you can yeah. find out a crime, the beauty shop knows who killed that motherfucker before anybody. You hear me. And the
2: beauty shop is to actually <laughs> protect somebody. You know. And the term the, the beauty shop. The, the term, term get that being motherfucker blonde.
0: <laughs> How many people use
1: being blonde yeah. as being ditzy and naive? Yeah. But they really be intelligent as I hell. Up, yeah. They just want you to think I be drunk yeah. and party but <laughs> yeah. she really smart. It's She's
0: smart as hell. The she white was
1: women was the ones running the plantation. Yeah, exactly. They're the ones running the world. <laughs> <laughs>
0: they, they, can't, they, they, can't so out bitch, they make bro. the
1: men think they helpless
0: but they're really the ones calling the shots yeah, exactly. a, a baby girl my significant other had me watching a movie yesterday that was so dope is that you know she was in a, it's on Netflix it's a new movie and uh, I'm not going to give it the whole thing away because I want y'all to say it's dope but she as a woman was able to fly under the credit card scamming radar Yeah, and mm-hmm. she was doing the most mm-hmm. and she was the biggest gangster to one line in that movie said your woman got more nuts than you do. Yeah. <laughs> look, at the Gu- look at the Gucci family. Her game yeah. broke. It's always like that. That's what she's saying
2: and it brings us to Marie Laveau if we want to go and move. Let's to the Come on, Jess, <laughs> you need to get up
0: in here, baby. We <laughs> ain't Come on, Jessica. Come on, baby. You know, go ahead. Because
2: Marie Laveau, you feel me, her feminine energy is what she used to get a lot of prisoners out. You feel yeah. me? So that divine dance that she did, you know, hypnotized the judges and everybody, you know, while our brothers and kings went, you know, and got our brothers from the you know, where they were and went down and then after she did that dance, you feel me, dip, you feel me, did what she had to do, you know. It's so a way of how we using our energy. But if you out here using your energy and killing our brothers with that, exactly. that's where you're abusing the power. Yeah. But we do we are powerful as hell, you know, and appreciate it and knowing that and being humble with that and doing what the fuck we have to do right. is the difference from out here manipulating and stuff. So
0: Thank you. So so that manipulative virtue is can be used for good or bad the mm-hmm. same way that we say there is a particular greed amongst men this is what made conquers this yeah. is what made warriors that particular be our, greed be <laughs> so it's hard
1: for you to demonize something that i've seen all through history has worked out for people a man being direct <laughs> a man speaking up for himself mm-hmm. a man being firm but that also breeds the stubbornness in men you know what i mean so again things aren't inherently good or bad they have both sides one is what sides you're focused on that's a personal problem you know what i mean i had this i had this issue all the time on facebook like people think i should change what i'm saying because how they feel about what i'm saying mm-hmm. you could tune me off you can heal that part of you that's being triggered by what i'm saying mm-hmm. you could actually look in the mirror and say you know what he might be right and, and what does it mean if he's right Does this make me a bad person mm-hmm. can i change this that's healthy you know what I mean? What we're saying to each other isn't healthy or unhealthy because it's perception. Like, what could be good for you could be bad for her. So to me, what it, whose side do I take? You know what I mean? Like, who, who do I care about? Because both of y'all can't get what y'all want. And that's why we have to become present. So then we can assess what we need to do. And I can tell one side, yo, you're the winner. And the other side, unfortunately, I can't. You know what I mean?
0: So that, that's what I want to say. Let me let me see if I can pull this up from yesterday. Let me see. Deshaun, thank you so much for sharing this. Uh